Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always, I am joined by Will. I don't do any prep for these episodes. Mjerden, how's it going today, Will? I do so much prep. Do not be throwing that at me. I'm, I may not always come across as the most uh, articulated fella. There's a good example. <laughs> yep. And I, I might not have all the information rattling around up there, but there is some work that goes into this. So I think take artic- it easy. Let, I let's think not get hostile right off the bat. Articulate is the word you're after, but you know I'm not an no, English teacher, so I like articulate. Uh, Okay. All right, we've got another big, big show for week eight of the college football season. Before we do kick off the show, we've got a few bits and pieces coming to you. We're going to get together again later this week and have a bit of a chat about the season, where we think it's at, a bit of a mid-season review, preview, however you want to throw it up. Uh, But yeah, we're going to have a a bit of a chat about all things college football for season 2019 and and the exact state of play, which I'm looking forward to, William. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be really good. I have been doing a little bit of research for that and there is uh, plenty to talk about. I mean, I I feel like we could literally sit around and chat for hours on end. We'll try and condense it and make sure you guys only get the good stuff, but there's there's just so much that's happened and it happens in such a short time frame and before we know it I'll be missing this again so I really want to soak it up and and enjoy it while we've got it here all right and the other thing I will mention just off the bat is make sure that you do uh, do all the usual plug stuff that I'm about to do now and that is hit us up uh, at Instagram or Twitter at CFB Down Under. Make sure that you do get in touch with us there. Have a chat, say hi, let us know how much you hate Notre Dame or how much you really enjoy Sean Clifford's uh, rise at Penn State or whether you think that Justin Fields is only the third best quarterback in the SEC. Uh, he's not in the SEC, in the Big Ten. Um so all these sorts of things, you know, get in touch with us there. Make sure you do leave us reviews on iTunes, uh, five stars only, of course. Uh, but make sure you and your friends subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, on Spotify, on the podcast app, all the local places, the usual places that you do collect your podcasts from. Yeah, let us know who you support. Get around us. Uh, tell us who you want to hear more of or less of or all of that stuff because we, we really want to hear from you and we want to make sure that the content that we're providing is what you want to hear. I mean, if you want to hear us talk about more stuff on the Aussie guys or, or work a little bit harder to get them on, we can do that. We just want to be guided from the feedback of our listeners. Not too guided because I don't give that much of a shit about you guys, but you're all right. Yeah, it's, it is a good point. I mean, there is there are just times where we're going to want to talk our own thing and be dickheads. So uh, that's fair. That's what, that's what we do. All right, we've got uh, – Will's going to visit the South Pole again. He's big on this. So we're going to touch base with that again. Obviously, a little bit of turmoil in the top. And I'm doing air quotes, which doesn't work so good on a podcast, but on the top eight. Uh, We've got game previews to get to. We have got the championship draft, which I'm looking forward to the recap and knowing how things are going there because I've pretty much lost track of what teams I have got. Uh, We've got bold predictions, and then we're going to go on the punt as well. So take us through your 
Will's South Pole after the uh, finish of week seven. I like that you're really distancing yourself from this South Pole segment. So it's very much Will's South Pole, not a college yep. football down under South Pole. Correct. But that's fair. I put this out there and I will defend it. Uh, and I guess what I would like to lead with this week is what is the good, the sign of a good pole? <laughs> <laughs> it's upright. It's well, hard. <laughs> I mean, these are all true things. No, but I'm thinking more, it, how do you know you're doing well in, in ranking teams? For mine, it's if there's not a whole lot of change. If, if you've made a call and then things are sticking solid – and it might not necessarily be in line with what everyone else thinks. Uh, I think you're doing all right. I, I think you're on the right track. You, you're on some sort of formula. And from what I have predicted last week to this week, not a whole lot of change. And that may just be because I'm predicting conference champions and those guys didn't really play any tough matches. So I might be pumping up my own tires a little bit here in an unwarranted fashion. But my top five remain unchanged this week. So... To recap, uh, just for those of you who don't have a great memory, because I know all of you were listening in last week, Ohio State is my number one team representing the Big Ten. I have them closely followed by Alabama uh, as the SEC champ. I have Wisconsin in at three as the first at-large team. I have Clemson following them at four and Oklahoma at five. This is where we then have a little bit of change. So last week I had Penn State in at six. Probably a bit rough to be booting them out, you would have thought. Uh, good victory over Iowa? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a defensive struggle and pretty boring to watch, but sure. Yeah, but this is that last at-large spot. And what we saw from LSU and their victory over Florida did enough for me for them to take that spot. So LSU jumps up to six in the poll uh, from being on the bubble last week. Uh, we then have Oregon representing the Pac-12. So they showed enough in their massive win over Colorado to jump SMU and take that seventh seed. And SMU are still, for me, the best team in the group of five uh, coming in at the eight. The two teams that I have on the bubble are Penn State and Auburn back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just to let me clarify, because I think when I was listening to this or when I was having this dialogue with you, Last week, after that massive verbatim, you just went through there. But I think I was pretty hammered when you were talking about this, and I'm not exactly sure your angle. So just once more, this is not necessarily the teams that are playing the best right now. This is a prediction for the the uh, conference winners. Well, no, this is right now who I have seen – Who's been the most impressive? And if I was to make a prediction as to who would win the conference right now, then that is who I'm backing in as the conference champ. Okay. Quick question for you. So you believe that – and you can rank any of these teams in any order you want, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, L- yeah, so LSU, seeding. LSU, who you've got at six – who is that? According to the AP poll, the number two team in the country, and just came off a massive win against Florida, a very commanding win against Florida, are only the sixth best team in the nation. Yes. Hmm. 
I mean, but they, they beat another SEC team. I would have thought of anyone who might get behind this, it would be yourself in that I'm probably, from what I've seen, going with the fact that the Big Ten have been more impressive than the SEC. And I think this is a little bit skewed in the fact that the out-of-conference matchups that the Big Ten play in, on the whole, are more impressive than what the SEC play. And yes, there's examples of both that are shit ass, and there's examples of both that are good. But on the whole... Overall, the Big Ten play in more impressive out-of-conference games, which then boosts for me and the rankings that I do and the stats that I pull out, the victories that they have when they start playing each other because if you win those middling matchups, which the Big Ten teams have been able to do, and then the good teams go over and, and beat those teams, like we've seen Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State, who aren't in here but are around the mark do, then they get more of a bump to me than teams that have hard matchups yeah florida's a really good team they had that one hard one texas is a really good team the other games that they've played have been absolute trash and the teams that they've beat have been bottom 30 40 teams mm, yeah okay but let's not pretend like the big 10 aren't playing cupcakes either and secondly i'm going to go on the eye test a little bit more and not only that, but the numbers. LSU is the number one offense in the country at the moment. Um, so I'm going to take that over, I don't know who you had at five, Oklahoma. Yeah, Wisconsin at three. I mean, I like Wisconsin, don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't know. I'd take LSU over Clemson for sure. Anyway, Look, the, the, last- the top six the top six are really good at the moment, I would say. Like all, yeah. all of those guys, Ohio State, Alabama, Wisconsin, Clemson, Oklahoma, LSU, really tight in that grouping. Yeah. There's there's definitely a, a distance between them and the next one down, Oregon and SMU. Yeah. I, and I've but- still got this issue with a guaranteed group of five team. So you could like you could have a two loss group of five team guaranteed a position. You could have a team yeah, outside but- the twenty top twenty five AP poll getting in. But how far would we have to go back to find the best group of five team had two wins? Two losses. I, uh, yeah, sorry, two losses. Uh, well, obviously, UCF. There has always been a UCF or a Boise or a Cincinnati or a Houston or West Virginia back in those days before they moved into the Power Five that were good that had maybe one loss or were undefeated. Okay, but that is going to happen at some stage. Like SMU this week could lose to Temple. They play Memphis. In if I mean, you, I guess you've got – and you're taking SMU over Boise State at the moment. I am at the minute. Yeah, that's a tight one though. Like uh, I, I just don't like it. I think that argument holds water with a team like UCF who are just dominating – but I think if you're kidding yourself, if Boise State is going to go and beat, who did you have on the bubble? You've got teams missing like Penn State and Auburn. Yeah, people would have said the same thing about them beating Oklahoma in that Fiesta Bowl. And what the fuck happened? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I've still got questions around the guaranteed getting in, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't get a shot when they're warranted. Like that UCF team should be like, yep. Okay, sweet, we're in. Or what happens when you get two undefeated uh, group of five teams? You get a Boise State and then you get a run like UCF and they both finish at 13 or 14. What makes one better than the other there? Well, that's where you would look at their strength of schedule. Mm. Who, 
who has the best win across the board, whose conference was stronger as a whole. That, that, I think that would be a lot easier decision to make than when you start looking at the at-large bids here. So, I mean, yeah, Probably. there is elements of this that's going to have a whole bunch of debate and generate uh, topics for people to write about and talk about. And that's kind of why I like it. That's why it's even better expanding this out. It's it's brilliant. So, And I like, I like the idea of eight in order to get more quality matchups. I think that's good. I don't like it if you're going to reduce that by bringing in someone. And this is where probably the fourth, fifth argument in terms of the playoff as we've got it at the moment, the fourth, fifth argument, which has been pretty concrete. There hasn't been a lot of controversy around it. Maybe Ohio State missing, but even that wasn't like it was well justified. That eighth, ninth, especially if, you know, that's where the argument now sits and it's going to get murky and even harder to predict, especially if you're guaranteeing that entry for the group of five team. Anyway, this... But every, just to finish it, sorry, every power five team has a shot at a guaranteed entry. Win your conference. That's all you got to do. You have a guaranteed spot in. If you can't do that, then don't go crying that you didn't get one of the at-large bids. There are still two of them for you, but don't, don't come at me with that shit. You had a shot to win your conference championship. If you can't do that, then you don't get a spot. Okay, I'm sure there'll be more debate on this in the future weeks. All right, let's get to some game previews. Now, this week's slate isn't as juicy as last week's, which was considerable, I suppose, for a week seven. Week eight, there's still a lot to like, and there'll probably be some matchups that surprise us. But on paper, it doesn't look to be what last week was. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's it's certainly uh, a bit of a dip down, but as we were kind of talking out before we came on air, last week was a really, really good weekend of football. So you, you're not going to get served that up every week. But like we've seen in the earlier slate this year, maybe it's not looking the best on paper, but every week has delivered somewhere along the line. So I think this week's going to be similar again. Okay, so let's start with, well, the fact that at the time of recording this, Week eight games have already kicked off and finished. Troy has beaten Alabama State. That happened today. Uh, Friday, as we head into uh, mid-morning tomorrow, Stanford gets a visit from UCLA. And this is a Stanford team on a down year and a really, really bad one and five UCLA team. And it looks like the Chip Kelly experiment is doomed. Do you think he lasts the year uh, in Los Angeles? Yeah, I, I think he does. So this is only the second year there. They've got a really, really young team still. So they were like all freshmen last year and now they're all sophomores. There you go. But it's still a young team and and I think he's going to get that opportunity to build something here. I don't think there's all that much pressure on him, to be perfectly honest. Yes, one and five isn't good and a program like UCLA needs to be doing better. But I think they're biding their time wouldn't surprise me to see them get up in this one. Like it's a tough road out to go to Stanford, but they're not traveling all that well too. So I think, you know, that victory over Washington State, I think they, they'll they pull one here or somewhere else along the line that you're like, oh, yes, you know, there's a bit of life here. Chip will be okay at least, you know, for this year. Uh, and then we'll start to see. And then I think next year is when we'll get an opportunity to fairly judge where he's at. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm not seeing it. I think Stanford cruising this one. The UCLA's defense is bad. The offense is going to struggle to run the ball. And I think Cameron Scarlett gets off the chain for the Cardinal. Uh, we won't spend, we won't dwell too long on this pack, particular Pac-12 matchup. But as we head into Saturday morning games, uh, so Friday night over in the states, Pitt head up to the Carrier Dome to face Syracuse, and probably both these teams are trying to stay relevant. I guess Syracuse had a really disappointing year, but Pitt need to keep winning to keep their hopes alive in the ACC. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, ACC is still somewhat open for like, outside of uh, Clemson, obviously, for someone to make their move. There's a few teams that are looking good, but then when you think that, like your Wake Forest, they, they go and trip up to uh, Louisville. So it's alive. Everyone's alive in the ACC, which makes it exciting. Yeah, in kind of a dumpster fiery sort of way. Exactly. All right, at 11 a.m., Ohio State head to Evanston on a Saturday, or again, Friday night in the States, to face an underachieving Northwestern team. Hunter Johnson has been really a massive disappointment and just playing bad for the Wildcats. And if they average their 140 passing yards per game, which is what they have been putting up, it's not going to be a pretty scoreline at the finish. On top of that, the Wildcat defense has allowed is a team that allowed 31 points to Michigan State, a team that got shut out last week. And, you know, Ohio State are going to put them to the sword. Yes, I agree with you. Northwestern have been one of the more disappointing sides this year. I did expect them to regress from last year's uh, Big Ten title game level, but this has been pretty bad for them. They haven't really put uh, a lot out there, and Ohio State are really good. So although this is the first of uh, many ranked teams heading on the road, this is not one that I expect to see an upset in. Yeah, and J.K. Dobbins, who probably probably haven't given the time to this year. I think he he wasn't as electrifying as I thought. He may be in his backfield share last year, but he's certainly taken over that number one role, and he's been sensational. And probably hasn't got the airtime with us, and even nationally in the media hasn't received the accolades that he deserves. But he is set for another big game and another, you know. Uh, a good strong finish to the end of the year for the Buckeyes. Yep. All right. Uh, as we head into Sunday games, so the 2.30 kickoff, we have got the number three team in the country. Clemson just are going backwards at the moment without actually losing. But Clemson head to Louisville. Uh, and I think this game is actually going to tell us a lot about both teams. And and I guess the questions I've got for you are, are the Scott Satterfield-led Cardinals going to be a problem in the future? Are they just making the most of it of a down ACC year because this Louisville team did lose to FSU and I know you can kind of never compare too much but this is a uh, common opponent that they have in Florida State and Crimson, uh, Clemson just apps Crimson can I call them Crimson because they just cream teams that's not too bad um, Crimson just Clemson them and you know that was an absolute beat down I think they're up 35 nothing at the half uh, against Florida State. And yeah, I don't, I don't see how this is kept within three touchdowns, but what does this tell us about the Cardinals? What does this tell us about Clemson? Yeah, I mean, I'm really interested by the comment you made to lead into this to say that Clemson are going backwards without 
losing. So is that just talking purely AP poll? Correct. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I think Clemson are being slept on a little bit for a reigning national champ who hasn't lost in however long it is now. 20 it's games, bit, I think. Yeah, it's a bit crazy to think, but all of a sudden they're not being put up in these bright lights and people are saying that LSU are this crash hot team, and uh, which they are, but Clemson are still fucking Clemson, man. They're still really, really good. And Louisville, uh, to answer your first question, are certainly on the rise. And I expect to see this level of performance consistently because Louisville are a good program. I mean, they've, they've got a proud history and they would expect a lot more than what we've seen lately from them. So this is kind of more what I expect. And in that, I expect Clemson to smoke them. I, I still <laughs> think that there's you know a, a big gap there, but that's the same with almost everyone that Clemson play. Yes, they had that tight mishap with UNC. That's going to happen. But put them on the field with every other team in the ACC every week and I'll back them in to win by more than two touchdowns 98% of the time. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I can't disagree. I think Clemson is still really, really good. I've st- I mean, there's still questions. This is the first time probably in two or three years that I question Clemson and that defense just doesn't quite look the same. I know you're losing whatever it was, four defensive linemen drafted in the top 120-odd picks or you know, around about that. But it just there's something about it that just doesn't quite look the same. They're still good. They're still going to do damage and they'll still be in the top four at the end of the year. But there's just looks like a bit of a fatal flaw there for the Tigers. Anyway, moving on, West Virginia tackle Oklahoma. Uh, this is a nothing game to me. Oklahoma are going to roll. Yeah, certainly. I mean, West Virginia have had a pretty rough run the last three weeks uh, with Texas coming to town, Iowa State coming to town, and then rolling into Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, it's just Big 12 play, I guess you could say. But those are three pretty good teams. And if you're not beating those other two at your house, you're certainly not going into Norman and walking away with a win. Yeah. Um, is there any concern around Jalen Hurts running the ball too much? Uh, he's a bit of a different type. He's a bigger body. He's a smooth mover, though. I don't remember him looking such a natural runner, uh, such a smooth runner in the open field. He's not the the twitchy change of direction that Kyler Murray was. Uh, but G's a smooth mover and a big body. But is there any danger that his body might be taking a bit of a beating no nah, not at all he's a senior run him into the ground he, he's probably <laughs> it's unlikely i mean let's be real even if he does go to the heisman is he going to be that next number one pick that they have I, I still don't see it because whilst his passing has elevated he's he's not at that level so he could certainly go on and, and have a professional career that that is solid I just, I'm not, I'm still not sold that it's going to be the same. And if I'm in OU, I'm just absolutely riding him and trying to get another Heisman in the cabinet and another shot at national championship glory. Okay, well, this is a guy that has put up well over 2,000 yards, both through the air on the ground combined already this year uh, and has gone for 25 touchdowns to boot. So he's having a fantastic season. Number six, Wisconsin head to Champaign, Illinois, and take on the Fighting Illini. Uh, I guess the question from me to you is, do Illinois score? Yeah, that's a good question. That that really could ha- have quite a bit of debate around it because it doesn't seem likely, but how can a team who has what, already four shutouts on the year keep that pace going? You come up against a pretty sluggish Illinois. That's a, that's a good way of trying to do that. So... 
uh, it's, they're, they're super impressive, Wisconsin. I want this run to continue because uh, I like to see a team like this really take elevate themselves because then we get a really, really good matchup against the other power guys in their conference. We're just not going to see it this week against Illinois. Yep. Okay, staying in the 230 games, number nine, Florida, head to South Carolina. Now, probably looking at this game two weeks ago, this was just like another sort of meh SEC game. But you've got a situation where you've got teams coming off the back of pretty big games. Florida obviously losing to LSU. South Carolina getting over the top of Georgia in overtime. Uh, Without trying to put too much innuendo on this, but have the Gamecocks fired their one shot for the year? Um, Or is there more in the tank for them? And secondly, I guess we had South Carolina's defense taking advantage of some sketchy offensive play by Georgia. And putting the ball in harm's way is something that Kyle Trash does a little bit. He'll throw into coverage, and we saw him do that uh, a little bit against LSU. Is this something that you know South Carolina can take advantage of again to put themselves in a position to win the game? I feel as if I am overly critical of Florida in my stance this year. I feel like I've kind like of it. been disrespecting them all year. I, I do have a soft spot for them. But this is one that I think South Carolina is going to win. I think they're going to back Ooh, up. Wow! I think they're going to back up their big upset victory, and we're going to see another one at home. And Will Muschamp is is going to get over the top of a very mentally and physically exhausted Florida team who've been through the grind of the last two weeks now need to go on the road against a team who is full of confidence. I'm expecting South Carolina to win this game. Wow! I mean. Going on the road twice in consecutive weeks is never easy. Uh, And not that it's, you know, you've got an earlier start to back on to the night game at LSU last week. Is there any concern around this South Carolina offense, though? Ryan Holinsky obviously got injured um, and they've struggled to move ball consistently on the ground, but I guess you could say the same about Florida. The the one big bright spot is uh, Brian Edwards at wide receiver for the Gamecocks, but can they get enough offensively to score enough points to beat Florida? They certainly need things to go their way. They need to get a number of turnovers like they did last week. They need a a bounce ball to go their way. They they need that sort of stuff, but I, I expect it to be tight, and I think South Carolina playing at home will be able to grind it out. I'm not confident in them putting up more than 25 points, but I think that they'll be able to get around that mark, and that'll be enough to win. Okay, cool. Interesting one. So maybe I'll keep an eye on that one as I get up to watch Miami play Georgia Tech, and we'll blow past that in a second. But before we do that, another SEC matchup, Auburn and Arkansas. Is there any concern here for War Eagle uh, heading to Fayetteville? No, I don't think so. I mean, this is one of those ones that you would be a little cautious about. Ranked team going on the road. Arkansas tend to pull off one of these sorts of wins every year that you just don't see coming. So I'd certainly have it on the radar to be a little worried about. But Auburn have an elite run defense. Arkansas, whilst they've tried to transition out, still kind of lean on that run. Yeah, Uh, And I, I just don't see them getting anywhere with that. So... I think Auburn will walk away with a, a comfortable victory here. Yeah, Arkansas and under Chad Morris have been supremely disappointing. So I don't have a lot of time for uh, the Razorbacks. I think that's probably stemmed from a culture here of learning to hate them. Uh, but 
I would like to see them turn around because I do like Chad Morris. Anyway, into the Big Ten at 2.30, Iowa host Purdue. Purdue coming off their big win over Maryland. And by big, I mean actually big, a 30-point win by them. Iowa will be a little bit disappointed after their game against Penn State. Uh, they go to one and two in the Big Ten, which isn't great, but things do appear to get a fraction easier for them in the next couple of weeks. Should they be concerned about a maybe a bit of a, a plucky Purdue team or, or a team that has got a little bit of confidence up? Uh, they'll certainly be coming in underdogs. Is there any chance that Iowa drop this one? I don't think so. I mean... Purdue were bad before last week. I mean, they dropped yeah. games to TCU, Minnesota, and Penn State. They they had a, a close one with Minnesota, but they got blown out by TCU and Penn State. They lost to Nevada earlier in the year. They did beat Vandy, but that so did UNLV, so that ain't impressing yeah. anyone at the moment. And then they beat Maryland, who we're all talking about as being a huge disappointment this year. Uh, I, I think that coming up against a disciplined Iowa unit is a different beast for them and and it's not going to fare well. Yeah, and Iowa might be in real danger of scoring more than two tons this week as well. That would be scary stuff. All right, uh, I will move through this quick, but Georgia Tech head to Miami to face the Canes. Uh, Georgia Tech continue to be struggling as they adapt to a new system. NC State head up to Boston College in a game that historically has meant something in the ACC Atlantic but won't this year. Iowa State head up to or head down to actually Texas Tech. Now, Tech are coming off uh, a win against Oklahoma State and then a game against Baylor in that they possibly feel like they could or should have won. Is that I mean, I would be a little bit twitchy if I was Iowa State. I'd almost be tempted to pick the Red Raiders or, you know, is is three weeks too many to be performing and playing above themselves? No, I'm not sure it is above themselves. I think that's probably where they're at. They're, they're a decent team and it's a long way out into Lubbock. You have Lubbock. to say that. You're a, you're a bloody Oklahoma State fan, so you have to say that. Uh, maybe I do. But, I mean, I watched that game. I watched the Baylor one and they – they seem to be have stepped up on defense. It's still obviously not their forte, but they are looking better there. <laughs> and they can always put up points. They've been doing that. Uh, their boy, Jet Duffy, is playing at a really, really high level at the moment. So it, it's going to be a tough out. I think Iowa State are the better team, but because it's on the road and because the way that the middle of the – or the middle upper of the Big 12 is this year, I, I see this one as real coin toss. No, okay. Another game to keep an eye on then if you are up, still up, or getting up for the early slate. As we head into the wee small hours of the morning, uh, there is a whole bunch of group of five teams that probably don't garner a great deal of interest. Five o'clock, we've got TCU and Kansas State in the Big 12. Nothing really to get too excited about there. Likewise with Oregon State and Cow, as Cow have dropped after being top in the Pac-12 at one stage and now dropped to one and two. So, uh, so, so being top, what, they won a conference game? and Yeah, and correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a big conference game okay, though against okay, Washington. Okay. All right, so Oregon State and Cow, uh, moving through that. We have got at 6 o'clock the number two team in the country, LSU, against a Mississippi team, Mississippi State team, looking to avenge their loss against Tennessee last weekend where they only put up 10 points. Now, whilst you think the South Carolina game could be closer, 
I think that this one, the South Carolina-Florida game will be close. I think this LSU-Mississippi State game will be closer than people expect. Mississippi State have continually churned out really good defenses. Whilst they're down fractionally this year on defense, uh, you know, that is has always been an area of strength for them. Uh, they are, you know, probably giving up a little more on the ground than they would like. And they probably haven't got the pass rush that they would like this year, but they're still not conceding a ridiculous amount of points. Uh, it would be their offense that would give me a little bit of a fright. So whilst I may not be predicting a Mississippi State win, I could see them close. And I think Joe Burrow has one of two days. He either has his best day of the season or his worst. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him throw a couple of picks and things get a little bit hairy for the Tigers before they pull away and win. Okay, so when you say you're all aboard LSU, I just want to clarify, you are yep. full of shit. No, I 100% support LSU. I just think that... Again, I'm going to jump back to some of the points we made in the recap episode earlier this week, and that is the fact that we are still used to seeing the top teams in the tree in the Alabamas and Clemsons go out and just bust everyone up every week. And Georgia was the first team in a few, in probably a couple of years to have that shock upset. And I still think that's in LSU's wheelhouse. I still think they're capable of that. They haven't jumped up into that upper echelon where they're just a machine churning out wins all the time. I think this one will get close. I still believe very highly in LSU. I just think this might be their scare Yeah, game. I mean, I don't like the spot. I'll agree with you there. They've just come off of that big one uh, with college game day in town against Florida. Then they've got Auburn yep. and Alabama on the horizon with a buy in there as well. But like th- those are all kind of top 10 type matchups. And then there's at Mississippi State in the middle of it. So that one does stand out. Exactly right. Trap game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a trap. And it does, but I'm not buying into it. I, I don't. I'd like to see the numbers on these trap games. Where I think it's just that when it happens, it blows your mind, and you're like, it, all these trap games, they always fucking get you. It's kind of like when you you have a new head coach in uh, <laughs> in Aussie rules, like the the first week, and I think the numbers yeah. this year were pretty good. Yeah, like, oh, new head coach, they're going to win this week, and this year yeah. I think. You know, the balance is probably more of that. But I think on the whole, and I have actually looked at the numbers of this going back a number of years, it's only like a 30% win rate, which is good because often you're firing your coach because you're a shit team and the fact that you're able to win one at 30% is probably, you know, above average for that. But still, it's in the minority. And that'll be the same for this one. LSU are going to cover up that 18.5 points and they'll win easily. No doubt. And no one's holding anybody accountable for saying, oh, this could be a trap game. It's just like when it doesn't eventuate or play out that way, people are just like, oh, yeah, LSU did what they were supposed to do. It's only when Mississippi State, it's like, oh, 17-14 in the last quarter and Mississippi and LSU score a late one and they go and win by 10 points. I was like, well, they were close. I sort of picked that. You know, it's kind of... uh, That's bullshit revisionist our listeners are holding us accountable it's just you don't sit behind our twitter account so when i'm here copping it all saying (laughs) i can lsu dominated you dipshit that that ain't me so i i mean i have to wear that and you're the only one who gets off accountability free apparently well, I've hedged my bets here as well, and I've said Joe Burrow will have either his best or worst yeah, game. And so. it, it won't be that either. It'll be like it'll be a good game, <laughs> but everyone he's playing is good at the moment. So, 
<laughs> okay, six o'clock. This one is one of the few ranked matchups of the weekend. Number 12, Oregon, head up to Husky Stadium to take on Washington. This appears to be a battle of two defenses. Oregon haven't exactly been lighting up the scoreboard on the road this year, putting up 21 points in each of their two road tilts so far. Washington defense has been okay. They're not conceding a whole lot of points. They're giving up a fair few yards. They're sitting very middle of the pack in terms of yards conceded, but not giving up too many points. The Washington offense is a massive concern for me. Jacob Eason has been a little bit disappointing despite his reasonable numbers. He's struggled against teams with any kind of defensive prowess. So California and Stanford jumped to mind straight away. Uh, Oregon definitely have that defensive prowess. They've been led by their defense. I think I read something today and I could quickly do the maths, but I'm not going to. They conceded 25-ish, 27, something like that against Auburn. Uh, and have actually conceded less points than that in their next five games. So whilst this one went to overtime last year, I don't know that it will be that close. I could see Oregon controlling the match, almost dominating it, but not ever pulling away comfortably and seeing like a a kind of seven to 10 point win for the Ducks. Yeah, okay. I mean, this Washington team is hard to get a gauge on. Yeah. Because you, you take away that Stanford howler and they've been pretty good they've been beating teams comfortably every week this year but you can't take that one away I mean they lost by 10 points against Stanford who are very average so I really don't know how to feel about them I I know they have a great head coach I know they have a young secondary but this is just one that I'm like "Mm, they're at home that makes it harder too because Oregon to me feel like the better side they're strangely led by their defense this year they have a really really stout offensive line they've got a great quarterback for mine I'll I'll back in that recipe every day of the week uh, but it's certainly a, a tough spot coming up against one of the premier Pac-12 teams which is good to say these days I like that Washington have jumped into that space uh, and you know the Oregon for me Yeah, for sure. And I mean, a good defense with a good quarterback is always a winning combination. Uh, You look at all the teams around the country, they've probably got those things and they certainly hold up on the road, which is good. Just as long as you're not looking in on the Big 12, yeah. (laughs) There's no defense in the Big 12, so that's a really non-issue there. Uh, Okay, so that one will be frisky as well and I'm going to keep in... Uh, keep a close eye on that one. It will be a bit of a de- defensive struggle. So if you do like defense, that'll be the one to follow in with on the weekend. I never thought I'd say that about the big uh, about the Pac-12. Now, 6 o'clock as we continue, Temple visit the number 19 team in the country in SMU. Uh, Shane Bouchelle has been – the transfer from Texas has been fantastic for the Mustangs. Uh, and that offense has been really, really prolific. Uh, Reggie Robertson at – Wide receiver has done a fantastic job. Had over 30 receptions already on the year. Temple will be upset-minded again, though. Uh, And, you know, they got UCF and have been a problem for teams this year. Only dropping one game, so let's not sell them short. But I feel like if this game was in Philly, then it would be closer. But I think SMU and that high-powered offense probably get across the line. Yeah, pony up, baby. They're going to keep on rolling. So it is a long road trip, Philly, down to Dallas. 
Uh, yep. It's it's not to be underestimated. I am backing in the Pony Gang. They're going to continue on their winning ways. And it's going to be interesting to see how far they can take this because we are going back a long, long way before they've been ranked and now kind of 6-0 and oh, and now we're talking in the teens. So we're going to start to see some some pretty cool stuff if they can keep this going. Yeah, for sure. And I'd like to see I, – I, like – as much as I was ragging on SMU in your little South Pole section, I still like to see some group of five teams have some success, and they're certainly doing that. Okay, as we move back into the Big Ten, number 20 Minnesota are going to cream Rutgers as they are currently sitting one and five on the year. Minnesota looking really, really impressive. We will say they still haven't played anyone, but always nice for the Golden Gophers to be ranked. Tulsa, who pushed the aforementioned SMU to overtime, uh, now go and visit the number 21 team in the country in Cincinnati. Uh, Is there any reason that your boy down there at Cincinnati, uh, what's his first name? Bloody Smith? James. Uh, Hey? James Smith. James Smith, thank you. James Smith can go on a day for the Bearcats or maybe not at all. Maybe that's the way he would like it. Uh, But is there any chance that Tulsa can get a little bit frisky with Cincinnati? No, they're going to wallop them in this one. So they'll win quite comfortably and hopefully my boy James Smith doesn't have to do a lot because they are marching their way into the end zone consistently. Okay, strength on strength there. That Cincinnati defense is really, really good. Tulsa's offense is up there in the top half in the nation. Moves the ball really, really well. But uh, yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati in that one as well. All right. At 6 o'clock as we stay in the 6 a.m. games, North Carolina and Virginia Tech are going to slug out a shit ACC game. North Carolina probably need to win this one to continue their march towards coastal uh, contention, I suppose, to finish the year off. Indiana head to Maryland in a game that is possibly just as shit. Uh, Duke head to Virginia in a game that matches both of those games in terms of shitness via the ACC. And at 6.30, we finally get a game that is relevant. Number 18, Baylor head to Stillwater to take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Charlie Brewer has been fantastic for the hashtag Sikkim Bears. On the other side, Chuba Hubbard has been, without a doubt, the most explosive player in the Big 12, potentially the most explosive player in the country. Uh, And he has already put up 1,000 yards on the ground, which is just ridiculous. Uh, So what are you expecting from this Baylor team? And are you nervous about this Oklahoma State because I find Oklahoma State always are good for dropping a bad one at home. I'm not saying this is a bad one. This is a ranked Baylor team. But a game that I feel like Oklahoma State should win, bit of a similar one to uh, Miami-Virginia last week if we keep things close to home. You've got Virginia looking to really push on into the ACC towards an ACC championship game and you've got Baylor really looking to push on and then you've got an Oklahoma State team who just feels a little bit down this year but they're at home and looking to to play the upset card against the Bears. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's one of those ones where... All right, then we'll just move on, well, shall we? No, but I just... I feel like... I don't know if I just pay more attention to these guys. Obviously, I do, but 
there we're coming up against a number 18 ranked Baylor Bears team and our favorite by over a field goal like it just seems odd I would have thought that if you had someone that's not even receiving votes coming up against a ranked team that they would be clear favorites in that one right uh well I mean it was the same for the Canes and the Who's last week yeah so well yeah that's a very good point I suppose uh, maybe it is situational uh, in terms of home games and, and that plays into it a lot. But I think Oklahoma State are a better team than Baylor and we're going to see this week. Oklahoma State have had a disappointing effort. That that one that you talk about, that's already happened. That was the Texas Tech game. That was disappointing. They had yep. a good matchup with Texas. They ran tight on the road, tough environment. That happens. Outside of that, still a very dangerous team. And back at home, I expect them to do work and get over the top of Baylor here. Okay, cool. Uh, And I will probably watch that one as well. Number 22, Missouri. Get on board the Tigers. Head to Vanderbilt in a team that they would crush. Uh, Kentucky head down to the number now number 10 ranked team in the country in Georgia. Uh, How will Jake from and the Georgia Bulldogs respond? And can Lynn Bowden Jr., as a quarterback, stay relevant rather than a wide receiver for Kentucky. Yeah, poor bloody Kentucky having to catch them after that loss. I mean, and at home too. Yeah. So it's just any chance you have of catching them off guard is well and truly out the window. This is going to be a pissed off, focused Georgia team. They are going to try and flex some muscle this week. Yeah, gross. So look for DeAndre Swift to have a good game. I mean, look for that Georgia defense to stand up and, and really look to shut out uh, what could be a pretty one-dimensional offense for Kentucky who ran the ball 20 – well, Lynn Bowden Jr. ran the ball 25, 24 times last week. So keep an eye on that one as well uh, because this could get – just it feels like it could get ugly. Uh, a game that won't – I don't think get too ugly and should be really entertaining is this Pac-12 matchup, the other ranked or the the second of three ranked matchups for the weekend. Number 13, Utah hosts the number 17 team in the country in Arizona State. This one looks like it's going to be a little bit fresh on uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning here, of course. Uh, This game probably decides the Pac-12 South. I think uh, Jaden Daniels is going to be asked to do a lot to keep Arizona State in touch, mainly because Eno Benjamin just really hasn't got going. He's been better the last couple of weeks, but Eno Benjamin hasn't got going on the ground for Arizona State. And you, on top of that, Utah doesn't let you run the ball at all. Their run defense is fantastic, conceding you know like about sixty yards per game on the ground only. Uh, in fact, it's less than that. It's 52 yards a game. Uh, on top of that, you've got Zach Moss, who I look for them to unleash this week. He only had the five carries last week and then was put on ice. I think they will give him a chance to really stretch the legs and take control of this game for uh, the Utes. I think their defense will be too strong. I'm excited to see if Arizona State can hang tough and how long they can hang tough for. But it'll actually be 
that Arizona defense, I think, that'll be the difference in the game. I think every other unit is strong. Utah's offense is okay. Uh, Utah's defense is good. Arizona State's offense is good. It'll be that Arizona State defense that won't be able to hold up. Okay, I might get a head start on our mid-season preview show uh, and announce that Arizona State are my pluckiest team of the year so far. Ah, they, nice they they just seem to be in and around it. Like I don't really expect them to be very good, but they are five and one and they've played good teams on the road and they've kind of popped up and won them. And you're like, fuck, that's, that's a good effort. Good job. Well done. <laughs> so they're very much in that mold. And this is another spot for that. Utah have been good without being, you know, supremely awesome. So they are certainly at risk of having Arizona State come in and provide a bit of an upset. But yeah, I'll certainly have this one dialed on. And as soon as my Oklahoma State Cowboys finish, I'll, I'll be watching to see where this one's at because they play some entertaining matches at the moment. So this will be certainly one to watch. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully it doesn't get too defensive-y. I'd like to see this one stretch out into the 30s would be nice. I think that sets up a really, really nice game okay kansas head down to number 15 texas and like usual with kansas the the shine's really gone off of them despite puka williams and his running ability texas appear like they've got this one completely in hand kansas have got two wins on the year this is already a successful season oh jesus oh jesus uh some other teams probably worth mentioning, UCF, who are one-on-one one in conference at the moment, uh, get a visit from East Carolina, which they will win that one. San Diego State, who normally make a fair bit of noise as a Mountain West, uh, certainly competitor, Mountain West quality team. And almost, you know, they were ranked at some stage last year and, you know, can push up as one of those group of five teams. They're quietly going about it and they're five and one. I mean, they have dropped a game in conference. But on the same token, so is Memphis and they still get talked about or were ranked last week. They get a visit from Tulane and this one's shaping up as a fantastic game as well. Tulane are five and one and two and oh in the American. So look out, Green Wave. Maybe have a think about changing the little image, avatar, picture, mascot, whatever you want to call it. No, I hate it's going to hate. Might be, might be time to update that, but I'm all aboard the Tulane Green Wave and also just quietly, Tulane Hospital. You are. Fantastic staff there. Lovely group. Looked after you. <laughs> they did. All right. Uh, 9.30, Colorado and Washington State in a game that really doesn't matter too much in the Pac-12. Uh, so we won't dwell too long on that one. But 10 o'clock, a late start here as the clocks have changed. Number 16, Michigan, uh, head to Beaver Stadium to take on the number 17 team in the country in Penn State. I could not believe in a bigger upset in a ranked matchup potentially ever. No, maybe not ever, but I just don't see any way in which the Michigan offense handles that Penn State defensive line to the point where they're able to move the ball consistently and score points. Uh, Penn State's offensive uh, defensive line has been fantastic. And that Michigan offensive line, which came into the season, you know, as being talked about as the best offensive line in the country, just hasn't really delivered consistently enough. 
Uh, and I think Shea Patterson's going to struggle. Sean Clifford, look for him to have another reasonable game because he's a reasonable player, and I think Penn State win this one going away. Oh, you are going to love my bowl prediction and on the punt this week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Not a chance. Not that I'm a massive believer in Penn State. I'm just a massive non-believer in Michigan. They're getting it done this week. It's happening. It's fucking not, dude. They're terrible. That offense is a hot mess. Look, Do we need to go through what they've churned out recently? You know what? We're going to. I don't think we have time. Dude, they had a 24-21 double overtime victory to Army. They then got crushed by Wisconsin. We won't count the Rutgers game. 10-3 against Iowa. Then they were twitchy against Illinois, who are terrible. What did how, so how did, against it, how did the same team Penn State go against Iowa? Yeah, seventeen twelve. That's very similar margin there. That backing this in on? Well, no, I'm just saying that they are not like it's not as big a difference between these two teams as you say. Michigan have a hell of a lot of talent. They're a proud team. They have been shat on more than anyone else this year. Yep, because they've completely underperformed. And they they haven't performed to the level that they expect this year, and I expect that to change this week. I think you're going to see life from them. I think you're going to see Harbour fighting for his life as a coach. And as a result, they are going to win this football game. Meh. All right. Texas A&M head to Ole Miss. That game probably doesn't mean much now either as both of those two teams have two SEC losses. Florida State and Wake Forest do battle. I think Wake Forest will be looking for a little bit of redemption. If they're legit, Wake Forest will respond and win this game. Otherwise, Florida State will get a hold of them. Number one, Alabama hosts Tennessee. Tennessee are terrible. Jerry Judy already has 42 receptions and six touchdowns on the season. Tua is well over 2,000 yards through the air. That doesn't bode well for a Tennessee defense that struggles to stop anybody. At midday, Arizona get a visit from USC, which could be a sneaky, okay game. Uh, I don't rate USC as a team. That has been well documented. Uh, That one's played uh, in the Coliseum. Sorry? That's played in the Coliseum. That's in LA. What did I say? You said they uh, get a visit. Sorry. I fucked up. My bad. Um, But either way, I this could be an entertaining one. I don't know that it holds much weight in the Pac-12 in any real way. I think both of these teams are pretty average and skating on thin ice. I think their worlds come crashing down sooner rather than later. But I'm going to take Arizona in this one just because. Okay, I'll take USC just because, I guess. Okay. Uh Still 27 degrees out there in California, so not a bad place to be. Uh, Boise State, the number 14 team in the country, head to BYU and Provo, Utah. Hank Backmeyer will ensure that Boise State get an unconvincing win, in my opinion. All right, at 1.30 in the afternoon, Hawaii host Air Force in a Mountain West showdown. Hawaii will be looking to bounce back after their loss on the weekend. This game will finish uh, well on Sunday afternoon. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Hawaii can, in fact, get their season back on track. There seems to be a bit of a Hawaii thing in recent years as they jump out the blocks really, really well early and you know get three, four, 
even five wins on the board before coming to a screeching halt and just get themselves into a bowl game. But we're looking for the Rainbow Warriors to make some sort of comeback and have a productive second half of the year. Yeah, certainly. They beat some power five teams this year, so they would be expecting to leverage off of that. They had a disappointing matchup with Boise. Uh, They went down on that, but Boise are a very good football team, so I still expect big things from the Rainbow Warriors. Okay, and we will continue to back Australia's team. All right, let's move now into the championship draft as we've cleared up all those game previews. Take us through it now. Will Hawaii didn't put up the points required for you to be picking up high enough? No, unfortunately not. So they lost last week, as we just mentioned, to Boise. They went down 37 to 59. So I fell three points short of being able to select in the top 10. So that's kind of left me really uh, just grasping at straws. There's not a whole lot there because we've picked them all. So at the moment, my team, well, my squad is looking fucking terrible. I had a stinker of a week. I went backwards in points scored. Uh, Georgia, Washington, USC, Ohio State, Utah, Michigan State, Texas, and Auburn. I mean, outside of Ohio State, with Georgia losing, it now looks like garbage. And and you, early on, were thinking that yours was terrible. It all of a sudden looks really good. You've got Oklahoma and Wisconsin uh, and Penn State all in there. They're, you know, all elite teams. You've got LSU, who's now the number two team. Uh, and then you've got Michigan, Oregon, who are looking the best in the Pac-12, Miami and Oklahoma State to kind of round you out. But all of a sudden, you're looking really, really good. And if we count up the points as we stand, you're on 110 and I'm all the way back on 82. So you've opened up a huge margin on me after being behind just a short two weeks ago. Yeah, well, and I plan to stay out in front. So there you go. Yeah, so I guess for mine then, picking uh, 11 to 25, I'm going to grab Boise State, a group of five team. Obviously, I'm not expecting them to win that national championship and and win that part of this uh, competition we're in here. But I do think that they'll continue winning. And as long as they keep doing that, they'll end up probably in the top 10 at the end of the year uh, ranked, which is a nice amount of points for my little kitty. Yeah, and now I don't really know where I'm going to go. I've been having a long, hard think about it because you changing the kind of strategy on us has got me thinking what – I need to change my strategy and the fact that I just need to pick teams that are going to hopefully be ranked at the end of the year. So that kind of leaves me with a couple. I was thinking Minnesota – uh, they get Penn State and Wisconsin, and I think probably lose both of those two games and probably another one, so they're not going to be ranked. SMU is one loss away from being unranked, and they've got Memphis and Temple this week, and they get Memphis on the road. So I, I think they lose that game. I was going to have a crack at Missouri because I think they've only got Georgia and Florida as the potential losses. But I'm going to go a bit out on a limb here, and I'm going to take Arizona State. Yeah, they've got Utah this week, and their other two tough games are Oregon and USC, but they get both of those two teams at home. So if they can split that, maybe jag two of those three, Arizona State will stay ranked. So I'm going to take the Sun Devils. Okay, I like it. I like the logic and the thought process that you've taken us through there. Hey, that's what I'm good for. All right, let's not hang around too long. Bold prediction time. William, you got one last week. You've got one on the board, which is fantastic. Uh, and can you do it again? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going 
for it. I'm going after it. Uh, big time blue this week. So as, as we talked about, I'm backing Michigan to win as over a two-score underdog. Uh, they're going to go in, and it doesn't make sense because all the reasons you said, I suppose, they, they have been terrible. Penn State have been good. They're on the road. But for mine... This is an ultimate backs-against-the-wall spot. If you looked at the start of the year, which is probably not something you should be doing when you're making this course, but if you looked at the start of the year in this line, I think you probably would have had Michigan as a, a small favourite going up against here. So obviously the fortunes of these two teams have gone in complete opposite directions, but I guess what I'm trying to say is the talent is there. I think they can find it and bring it out this week, and I'm expecting Michigan to surprise everyone. And I win. like how you're trying to sell me on the bold prediction, like Michigan are really a long way off. Like if we think back last year, how your pick for a bold prediction was Appalachian State beating Penn State at home. That was one of them, yep. That was one of them. And now you're reverting to Michigan <laughs> beating Penn State. That is a bold prediction. Now, that either tells us one of two things. Your bold predictions are A, not very bold, or B, Michigan really sucks. I think we're talking a little column A, a little column B in this scenario. <laughs> okay. I don't know that I'm that happy with that setup, but... Uh, if, if you're going to veto me, I need some hard and fast fucking rules then because these guys are nine-point underdogs at the moment. That's a fair stint. Like, they're paying... What was South Carolina the underdog to... I mean, yeah, you know, South Carolina was bigger than that to Georgia. Like we have, we've had some rank. I'm looking for some rank upsets. I'm talking Purdue, Ohio State. I'm talking Appalachian State, uh, Michigan in the big house. I'm talking, uh, what are some other big ones we've had recently? Uh, you know, BCS Bowl Busters, whether it was Utah See, I'm just or looking State. for something that is against the grain of popular opinion and said with conviction, and I feel like that's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to make an actual real bold prediction, prediction this week, and I'm going to say that all teams, starting with the letter S, will win. Jesus. Except one, <laughs> and I'll get to that in a second. So that means I'm taking Stanford to beat UCLA, Syracuse at home to Pitt, South Carolina against Florida, and I feel like I probably could have stopped there and you would have taken it. You certainly could have, yeah. You just picked that one and I'm happy. Yeah, but I'm going to keep going. SMU at home to Temple. This is where things get a little gross. South Florida are visiting Navy. That's not a good matchup. Southern Miss are heading to Louisiana Tech, and that is probably the worst of the weekend because Southern Miss might be the worst team in college football this year. No, that's UMass. No, <laughs> okay. Sorry, but Southern Miss aren't good. And the last game, which I get to veto, I'm only going to take six because the seventh one, which involves teams starting with an S, is San Diego State versus San Jose State. And I'm just going to take the W there. That's probably fair. All right, so I've got Stanford to win, Syracuse to win, South Carolina to win, SMU, South Florida, and Southern Miss, all those teams starting with an S. Yeah, and for you gamblers out there, load that up, put it in your multi, let's see how that goes. (laughs) Not well, but you'll win some cash if it does. All right, speaking of cash and not being able to win any, let's go on the punt with Will. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. All right, we're back again for another week on the punt, and uh, it hurts me to say 
we you are can't back. start the segment with a sigh. I, I have to at this stage. It's been going so terribly, except for those clued-in listeners who have been following for a while who are just betting hard against me. Uh, it, it's it's disappointing. So, again, back to the drawing board. Again, we're changing. We're, we're tweaking. We're working at it. We're, we're doing <laughs> it. Similar situation to Michigan I feel myself in, like backs against the wall. I've got the bank like, the, the knocking on the door. So the mortgage collector is here it, to repossess yeah, your house. Correct, correct. So I really need to pull something out here. So I'm going special uh, and we'll see how we go. So we, we'll start things off. Uh, Clemson and Louisville, uh, Clemson are going to crush them. So it's 24-point line. They're going to win by much more than that. I'm, I'm backing that in hard. I think we've got a bit of a – dual mis- misconception going on where people do seem down on Clemson, albeit for unknown reasons to me, but they are elite and Louisville, uh, whilst they kind of won last week against a team in the ACC that hadn't lost yet, they're still not a very good football team that they beat. So I'm not putting too much credit into that. They're also one and eight against the spread in their last nine uh, against ACC teams where Clemson are 9-2 and two in their last 11 against ACC teams. So Clemson are going to win this one and win it comfortably. So we're taking them at minus 24. The other one, we're, we're taking straight up. So we're taking Boston to win over NC State. Um, I, re- I really like them in this spot. They're coming off the bye. They play well off the bye. Uh, they are underdogs. So they're three and a half point take. We're not going the spread here. We're backing them into win. So we're taking the $2.40 uh, money here uh after the buy they they have gone four one and one against the spread but I'm, I'm not so worried about that i'm backing them into win i'm confident they can get it done the last one we're taking michigan to win so we're really doubling down on this bold prediction here so we're throwing three units on them to win uh three units on the first two mentioned uh bets there and then a unit on all three of them as well so and that multi there between the three of them is paying a, a nice juicy nineteen dollars twenty so depending on what your unit is, you could certainly make it all back this week. Or you could lose it all again. Just a quick one. You, you're banging the drum for this Michigan game. What is it that – like sell me on why Michigan are going to win. Well, I've tried, and obviously I haven't done a very good job. No. But it's just the fact that they have everything on the line and the talent is there. I, I truly believe the talent is there. Whilst we haven't seen it – so far this year they are still a very very talented football team and they still have a smart bunch of coaches who to this point haven't been able to get the most out of it but i have a feeling that it can all click for them it can fall into place and penn state to me seem a little overrated i still think they're a good team but i think they're a little overrated and it's just a a good spot for michigan to come in who've been just really shat on and now they get a chance uh, on the big stage to say fuck you guys i'm not having it anymore and it's 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 that it is that opportunity to really uh show out that i think 19 20 21 year old kids are gonna love and eat it up conversely to that 
Penn State are conceding only eight points a game this season. Uh, they've just introduced the world to Noah Kane, who's going to go on and become an absolute freak at that running back position, true freshman. Uh, Sean Clifford is going to be stable. And then on the on the flip side of that... Stable. That's what you want to hear from you. He's going to be stable. He's more stable than Shea Patterson, who continues to have fumbling problems. He continues to stall out this offense. Um, I don't want stable. I want a game winner. What, and Shea Patterson's your man? This week, watch, yes. Watch him go and throw two picks and fumble twice as the Penn State defense scores more than the Michigan offense. There's a hot take for you. There's a bold prediction for you. I'm taking the Penn State defense to score more than the Michigan offense. Take that to the that fucking is. bank. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Just got a little heated there. That brings us to the end of our week eight preview show. Uh, as always... And as I mentioned at the top of the show, please do hit us up on Instagram and on Twitter at CFB Down Under. Make sure you do subscribe to the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a five-star review. Get in touch. Say hi. And uh, let's continue to have a really, hopefully, good week eight and certainly uh, an entertaining back end of the season. Now, like I said, you and I will be catching up just tomorrow night for a couple of sodas and a bit of a chat, William, to review the first half of season 2019. So I'm looking forward to that. And we actually get to spend some time together. Yeah, it should be good. And English Jess isn't here, so I can't get in trouble for getting home late. That will just about wrap us up. On behalf of that guy in the Adelaide Hills, Will Mjerden, for me down here on the plains, I'm Aaron Kemp, and we will see you next time. Bye.